Good morning. It's Monday, October the 30th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm John David Walt. This is your wake-up call. We're into a new week. We're into a new chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. We'll hit chapter 12 today, this week. But we have a prayer of consecration to pray together as we enter in this morning. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. We're praying in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, When the Understory Goes Even Lower. Our text is Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. Hear now the word of the Lord. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The Word of the Lord Now consider this. Today we delve deeper into the understory. Yes, it's going from bad to worse. It's why we have to constantly keep the over story in sight. This is how the gospel moves from here to the ends of the earth. Today, our first so-called king comes onto the stage of church history. As our Acts Journal aptly references, citing Jedi Master Dr. Ben Witherington III on page 112, Quote, this king was Herod Agrippa I, not Herod Antipas of the Gospels. This Herod was actually ethnically Jewish and held more traditional Jewish values and observed many of the religious demands of the Jewish faith. Unquote. Herod likely issued a dragnet-style arrest warrant for anyone speaking the name of Jesus and they hauled in a big catch of garden-variety witnesses, save one. Picture the look on their faces when they realized they had the Apostle John. Yes, 
this is John, not John the author of John, first two, three John, and Revelation, but John the brother of James. Yes, they had a trophy bass, one of the original sons of thunder. The text tells us he arrested them because he intended to persecute them. Now, can I offer a synonym for the term persecute today? Torture. There's no other way to say it, because there's no other way to see it at this point. We are way past rough them up and give them a tongue lashing. See for yourself in the text. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Can you fathom the blow this must have been to the church? They executed James. I wish this year, on All Saints Sunday, we would find a way to viscerally remember our martyrs, ancient and present. This is disciple number three. Now Herod will go for disciple number one. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. And to add insult to injury, he did it during the Passover. They locked Peter up in a dungeon, and if that weren't enough, they posted four squads of four soldiers each to guard him. Do the math. That's 16 armed guards. We will read tomorrow that Peter was actually chained to two of the guards at all times, even in his sleep. Keep in mind, no one had taken any hostages, blown up any buildings, strapped on any suicide vests, or set off any roadside bombs. This punishment came in response to their preaching, teaching, and healing in the name of Jesus Christ. These were men and women of indefatigable peace, and they were being treated like the most dangerous criminals on the face of the planet. Clearly, this level of incarceration is not in response to the threat of Peter. There's only one way to explain it. This kind of persecution comes in response to the threat of the power of God in the person of Jesus. Persecution is the enemy's best strategy to defeat God. It never works, yet they never stop trying. I can imagine James, just prior to his death by sword, when being asked for any last words, saying to Satan through his tormentors, Are you ready for the thunder? (laughs) Are we grasping the gravity of this? This is one of the worst days of the early church so far. Disciple number three slain with disciple number one on death row. In keeping with the post a few days back, I'm sure Peter was remembering the time when Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, 
and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew five ten to 12 Today's text has taken us deeper into the understory, the part of the story we would rather not go through. Remember, we don't get the overstory without the understory, and we don't get the front story without the backstory. And speaking of backstory, did you catch how today's text ended? So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Stay tuned. The prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. And the question, have you begun to try and think through the over, under, front, and back stories of the story of your life? It's a good exercise for your journaling. Let's posit Acts 1.8 as the over story. So what has been the underlying pain, difficulty, even travail you have suffered and endured? How has this unfolded in the front story, a visible movement of God's kingdom in and through your life? And what about the more hidden and secret backstory in the house of prayer that is becoming your life? And so for our hymn today, we're going to sing one of my favorites, Lead On, O King Eternal. Three verses. And it's the kind of song you sing at the funeral of the Apostle James. Lead on, O King Eternal, the day of march is come. Henceforth in fields of conquest thy tent shall be our home. Through days of preparation, thy grace has made us strong. And now, O King Eternal, we lift our battle song. 
Lead on, O King Eternal, till sin's fierce war shall cease, and holiness shall whisper the sweet Amen of peace. For not with swords loud clashing, nor roll of stirring drums, with deeds of love and mercy, the heavenly kingdom comes. Lead on, O King Eternal, we follow not with fears. For gladness breaks like morning, where'er thy face appears. Thy cross is lifted over us, we journey in its light. The crown awaits the conquest, lead on, O God of might. (laughs) I see some of you out there standing as we're singing that hymn. Wow, what a hymn. Golly, that's from 1887. Thank you, Ernest W. Shirtleff, Ernest W. Shirtleff, 1887. Music was written in 1835. Man, I think I want to try to write a hymn to that tune because we don't really sing that tune for anything else other than that song that I'm aware of. The hymn tune is called Lancashire. I'm sure we sing it for others, but you know me. I'm limited in my knowledge. What a hymn. This story today, I think I had some of it a little bit wrong up there when I was going through it. This is James. I meant to say not the brother of Jesus, but the brother of John. And I went into all that first John, second John, third John. That was that was uh, an error. So pilot error. Sorry about that. But guys, when I'm halfway through recording an entry, the last thing I'm ever going to do is stop and start over. (laughs) Unless I'm just committing heresy. And that wasn't, that was what you call immaterial error. So gang, it's Monday and we've got a full week ahead of us. It's Monday. I'm going to be going up to Kentucky on Thursday of this week. And my youngest son, Sam, who's at Asbury University, and my oldest son, David, is also at Asbury University. Sam is in a play. He's a freshman, and I was so proud of him. He just jumped in and auditioned for the school play in the fall, and I think he got one of the lead roles, something like that but they're going to actually perform the play this next Thursday and Friday. And and I'm going up for it. So I'll be back in time. I'll come back Saturday to be here at church in Gillette on Sunday. A lot of y'all are asking, when can we come to Gillette? Well, man, anytime. Just I want to 
I'm trying to figure out how to get the word out about our potluck ship luncheons. That'd be the best time to come. And certainly I want to make sure that I'm here if you come, but boy, do we, our, our, our church loves greeting wake up call guests. And we've had a few already. So Gillette, you know, it's a little bit out of the way. It's not really on your way to anywhere else. You can kind of make the detour. We'd be glad for you to do that. But we've got a week of sewing ahead of us. We don't know. None of us knows what this week holds. But we know that we hold seeds. And we know that we are held by the sower, Jesus. And he, through our hands, wants to reach into our pockets and take those seeds and be ready to sow them. In the sower's creed, we say today, how about let's just do the whole sower's creed right here. You want to do it? Let's see if I can remember it. Today I sow for a great awakening. Today I stake everything on the promise of the Word of God. I depend entirely on the person of the Holy Spirit. I have the same mind in me that was in Christ Jesus. And because Jesus is good news and Jesus is in me, I am good news. Today, I will love others as Jesus has loved me. Today, I will sow the extravagance of the gospel everywhere I go and into everyone I meet. Today, I will remember that the tiniest seeds become the tallest trees, that the seeds of today become the shade of tomorrow, and that the faith of right now becomes the future of the everlasting kingdom today, I sow for a great awakening. All right, how about that? I love that Sower's Creed. Well, it's time to get our seeds together for Monday. I'll be looking for you on the field. For the awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.